Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Big game this Sunday, Browns, Ravens in Baltimore. Currently, Browns listed as six and a half point underdogs. Ravens seven and two, Browns five and three. To get a preview of this matchup, as we do each and every Friday at four o'clock, let's go to the hotline and bring in Scotty Petrak from brownzone.com. Scotty, how are you today, man? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Hey, we're great, man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, real quick, Scotty, last week's game, uh, just uh, it, to get your thoughts on it, and then we'll move forward on, on the big we, uh, big game this weekend in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really impressive. I know the competition was not very good. Facing a rookie quarterback, Cardinals were shorthanded, but 27 nothing anytime. I don't think any, is anything you can sneeze at. And I thought the defense really – bounce back from giving up that game-winning touchdown against Seattle. I mean, they only let up 58 yards. So they get the W like they should have, right? They beat a bad team, mm-hmm. beat a horrific quarterback, uh, and put themselves in this position. Uh, but it came at a cost, Scotty, right? Jed yeah. Wills goes down. Uh, he is out. Uh, we're talking uh, about, uh, who else? Marquise Goodwin with a concussion uh, in that game. So uh, where are we as far as uh, the latest on the left tackle situation for the big game Sunday at Baltimore? Well, Kenny, we got to throw on the right tackles spot two because they're going to be without both guys on Sunday. Dewan Jones is out with shoulder and knee injury. So wow. you have no Jed Wills, no Dewan Jones. Obviously they were already without Jack Conklin um, when he got hurt in the opener. So they're down guys. It, look, I think it's going to be James Hudson, the second and um, Jerron Christian who's had made 16 starts in the league, kind of a journeyman. He's only been there a couple of weeks. Kevin Spansky wouldn't stay, say for sure. Um, you know, they have other options, but they're going to be down at tackle, and they're going to have to figure that out. Scotty, I believe it was week four we faced this team at home. They beat us 28-3. to We understand the fact that we had to start a rookie quarterback, and it really wasn't that good. But the defense gives up 28 points in that game. What was different between that defense and what we might see this Sunday in Baltimore for the Browns' D? Yeah, that's a it's an interesting point, J.K., and it's obviously crucial because they can't give up. I don't think they can win giving up 28 um, Sunday in Baltimore. Now, if you go back and look at that, two of the touchdowns came directly after Dorian Thompson-Robinson interceptions. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think you have to take that into account. Mm-hmm. They, you know, the Ravens ran for 131, and it's not, you know, it's not like unbelievable, but it's still a lot of yards for a run defense that had been great up until that point. So, to me, that was the biggest thing. And since then, the Ravens have continued to run the ball great. They ran it for almost 300 last week against Seattle. So they're going to, it starts there. The Browns are going to have to be better against the run. And Jim Schwartz, the coordinator, keeps saying it. When we stop the run, he says, when we control the run game on first and second down, we play well as a defense. So that's the test. And obviously it gets even harder because Lamar Jackson is such a, you know, such a part of their run game, you know, with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they had, two, they, they had a bad second quarter. You know, if you look at the, the drives, like there were a bunch of three and outs. But in the second quarter, the Ravens had, a, I think it was 93 and 74-yard drives. 
And that's when the game got away from the Browns. So yeah. I think you can pick, you see some good stuff that the Browns did, um, but obviously wasn't good enough, and they're going to have to be a lot better this time. Scott Petrak with brownzone.com helping us break down the Browns, take on the uh, Ravens. Do we still call them the Ratbirds in Baltimore this Sunday? <laughs> Do I? I've never called them that. Uh, no, I was, no, I was at, I not, not you. you no. I'm talking to Kenny there, now. No. Kenny's got names for everybody. Well, Dwayne, my buddy who calls the, the Michigan uh, Wolverines the urination-stained helmet team, he calls them the Ratbirds. So, yeah, some people call them the Ratbirds, JT. Scotty, normally midway through the season, that team's all banged up. Lamar Jackson's usually hurt. We know J.K. Dobbins still on the IR. But other than that, are they at full strength? Because they're firing on all cylinders, it seems like. Yeah, they're pretty healthy. Um, they just released the injury report. There's a couple guys that are questionable. I think Marlon Humphrey's questionable. Morgan Moses, they're one of their right, their right tackles, questionable. Um, but all 53 guys for them practice today. So, yeah, they're playing really well. I mean, they've won four in a row. I think they're averaging 32.5 over that four-game streak. They destroyed Detroit. They destroyed Seattle two out of the last three weeks in Baltimore. So they're playing as well as anybody in the league. Let's go back to the Browns, and you just told us that both starting tackles are out of this game. And I was just wondering out loud, Joel Batonio has played yeah. left tackle before. Uh, which is more important, leaving him at guard or maybe moving him back to tackle, or is that something you don't even want to discuss? No, it, it's, it's a relevant discussion. And when we talked to, you know, Kevin Spansky mentioned the options, right? We're going through our options, that's what he said all week. That's one of them. The problem is the Browns don't have, in my opinion, like a suitable guard to fill in. You know, if you thought the gap from – Tackle was going to be huge, right? Let's say the drop-off from Jed Wills to Ron Christian is huge and Batonio is somewhere in the middle. And your drop-off of guard isn't that significant, then I think you I think you think about making that move. But the Browns would have to go with probably Nick Harris or rookie Luke Whippler at guard. Maybe they could bring up Alex Leatherwood off the practice squad to play guard. Um so it feels like you're weakening two positions instead of just weakening one. Mm-hmm. Plus, the Ravens are good inside. You know, it's not like you got one edge rusher and you say, okay, we need a guy on the edge to stop him, you know, a guy tackle to stop him. The Ravens are good across the front. You know, they got Mbukwe, who's got seven and a half sacks, he tackle. They got Pierce and those sacks. Like, they're just good across the front. So I, don't, I just don't think that makes the Browns better. Now, if Michael Dunn weren't on IR, I think you could have a discussion, but the way the roster is right now, I think it makes more sense to leave Batonio at left guard. Scott Petrak, our guest, Browns beat reporter at brownzone.com. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrak. JT brought this up yesterday. Uh, Scotting, I want to get your input if you think it's uh, legit or we're just massaging the numbers, okay? I think the Browns are giving up 10 points per game defensively at home. They're giving up almost 30 points per game defensively on the road. How concerning is it that when they are not at home, that defense does not play as well? That's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at that breakdown, uh, but now that you mention it, I think you have 30 to Indy, um, right. Right, 24 to Seattle. Huh, uh, that's interesting. Um, I think they've only played three road games, right? Right. That's it. It's a small sample size, right? Yeah, but I mean, still. They played well against, yeah, I mean, they played really well against Pittsburgh Week 2. Right, the offense killed them. They had the one breakdown on the pick and slant. Um, I, I think it's too small to go there. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of guys 
you know, it's, sometimes it's easier to play defense on the road because there's no crowd noise because the crowd's supposed to be quiet for their offense. So defense can communicate better. Now nah, you miss the energy from your own crowd. Um, but, you know, defensive guys are built different. I think they're built to kind of go on the road and, you know, kind of shove it up the fans, you know. So I yeah. don't think that, I, as of this point, I, I don't think that's a concern. All right, we'll see how it plays out this week. Uh, and it's just, Scotty, I was wrong in the Pittsburgh game. I said, ain't no way Browns are losing that game. Pittsburgh <laughs> doesn't have a chance because of A, B, C, D, E. I went all the way down the alphabet, right? So I'm looking at this game. Ain't no way the Browns got a chance. Starting left tackle is out. Uh, starting right tackles, both of them that they've used this year, they're out, as you just told me, right? Defense on the yeah. road, those numbers. Deshaun Watson, not 100%. And, oh, yeah, Baltimore leads the league in sacks. How, how do the Browns win this game Sunday, Scotty, if they do have a chance? Yeah, I think they do have a chance, Kenny. And, obviously, I'd feel better about it from a Browns perspective if their tackles were healthy, even one of them, right? Even if, if Jones is there, then you only have to slide one guy in. But that's not the case. So, number one is they got to figure out a way to block the pass rush. And I think you got to help those guys. <laughs> you got, I don't know if you can help both tackles. Um, it's hard to do, right? It's hard to keep in uh, two tight ends or a tight end and a running back. Like that's, it, it limits what you can do as a play caller. It limits what you can do as an offense. But they have to come up with a plan there. Right? And part of that is you have to control the ball running it. Right? you gotta, mm-hmm. you got to play a grinded-out game. If they're going to win this one, it feels like they're going to win it 16 to 13 or 20 to 19, right? God, they're not going to score. I don't think they're going to score 27 against this Ravens team. I don't know if they can score 20 against this Ravens team offensively. So right. I think you got to play ball control, um, try to shorten the game, get in good position, you know, get try to get Deshaun Watson in some good spots to throw it. And I think you take some shots downfield. You go max protect and hope you can hit a couple deep shots. Because that can make up for three and out, three and out, three and out. If you mm-hmm. hit two deep balls, you know, one a quarter or one a half, and that leads to 10 or 14 points, that can be the difference in the game. So I think your defense has to play great and get some turnovers. Like when I say, okay, can they get to 20? Yeah, they could get to 20, but seven of those might have to come from the defense. Scotty, your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. I mean, could this be a week where we see the guy go over 300 yards, maybe a couple, two, three touchdown passes? I don't think that's realistic this week, JT. And I don't even know if that's a slight. A slight uh, can't get a word out here. A slight on Deshaun Watson. I think it's just a really good Ravens defense. We talked about the tackles already. Like he's in a tough spot. I think number one for Deshaun Watson. It's going to be a good game for Deshaun Watson if he doesn't turn the ball over because okay. I think right. that gives the Browns a chance to win. Now, obviously, you need to see him complete some passes. If he can complete a couple of those deep ones like he did against the Cardinals. I think that's part of that formula for an upset. Uh, but I don't expect fireworks. Now, that doesn't mean it's a step back, right? Because I thought he played relatively well against the Cardinals. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was fine. Um, when you combine that with that Titans game and his last full game, that's a nice two-game combo. So I, I think there's reason to hope, if you're a Browns fan, that he's on the upswing. I just don't think you can get caught up in the numbers this week. Hey, Scotty, you and I are thinking alike. I went back and I looked at the numbers for Arizona and for Tennessee, right? 46 of 63, 73%, 508 yards, that's 254 a game, four touchdowns, but as you pointed out, 
zero interceptions, zero yep. fumbles in those two games when he was either healthy or as close to healthy as he's been in a while. So yep. may, maybe between the years, getting that start in last week, that's why I thought it was so important for him to play, to shake off the rust, get a good game in, to have some confidence going into this Ravens game. Oh, I, can, I completely agree with that, Kenny. And just to see defenses, right, see a live defense. And the Cardinals is not – Cardinals defense is not what he's going to see against the Ravens. Right? Right. The Ravens do so much pre and post snap to confuse the quarterback. But at least you're out there. You see live reps, right? You see guys moving around, blitzes, all that stuff. I mean, he got hit a bunch of times in that Cardinals game. I think that helps. So, yeah, I think all of it points to Deshaun Watson having a chance to play well, whatever that looks like. It points to him having a chance to play well, and he needs to, right? For this team to compete with. Lamar Jackson and everything Baltimore's got, you know, your quarterback needs to play well. And, again, it starts with protecting that football. Scotty, this is why they paid him $230 million, isn't it, for a game like this? It is. It is. Now, and I'm not going to give him, like, a pass here, but, you know, the tackles makes it tougher, right? He's down a couple receivers, too. No David Bell, no Marquise Goodwin. Not that they've had big impacts. They also (laughs) traded Donna Peoples-Jones, right? So I don't know if it's the ideal situation but yeah you're paying let's make it a little bigger picture than just Sunday you're paying Deshaun Watson 230 million dollars to say okay they're five and three they withstood him not playing for almost four full games you're in position win or lose Sunday you're in position to make a push to the playoffs can he go do it and can he play well consistently enough and I think that's certainly fair to ask when you take it you know beyond just this week how big of a game is this for Kevin Stefanski and this team? You just laid out all the injuries. Does that yeah. dampen it a little bit because of the injuries? And he's like, well, if they lose, okay. But I, I think they have to win this game to have any chance of winning the division. Well, that, that's the point there, Kenny, right? If, if you win, if the Browns win, they're right back in this division, right? I mean, they yeah, be a half right. game back to Baltimore. They play one more time to Baltimore, right? So that they could, if they win, they would be equal to Baltimore. Um, if you lose, you know, you're two and a half back, three and a half back, whatever it would be. Um, Baltimore would have the tiebreaker. It gets, it gets hard after that. So from that aspect, it's huge. I don't think it's a referendum on Stefanski. I think the season's too long. I think he's done too good of a job to this point. But if they do pull it off, then I think that's just, I think that's a huge, you know, feather in his cap, right, to, to pull that off. Have the Browns right in contention in the toughest and best division in football, um, that win would go a long way, and it would speak volumes about the fans. You pull this game off, you're almost coach of the year in my mind. After last <laughs> week, you might have said, or, or, or the week before, where you might have said, hey, on third down, run the damn ball, let's try to get a first down, punt it, whatever, live to play another down. And the reason I say that is, and Kenny, to your point, you're spending all this money on your starting quarterback, but yet... You're down three tackles. We always seem to forget that Jack Conklin lost for this season. Now you're down both right and left tackle. And, Scotty, I'm wondering, at these practices, when you guys are there, is there just like an open invitation for free agency to come in and say, hey, I'm a tackle, sign me up? Uh, not, like, not quite to that degree, JT, but when they signed Jaron Christian, like, I, think it was, I think it was Halloween, to the practice squad. Then they put him on the 52-man roster on Tuesday. They added, they signed Leroy Watson 
off the 49ers practice squad last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed a guy, Justin Murray, to the practice squad this week. There's a lot of guys coming in and out, mainly coming in at that tackle spot because of the injuries um, that they keep sustaining. So that's why I think Stefanski has been reluctant to say, you know, I'm sure part of that's gamesmanship or whatever, but I, I do believe that they started the week not knowing. First of all, they didn't know if Dewan Jones was going to be able to play or not, but not knowing who was going to play where. Um, I th- I'm, I'm sure they know that by now. But I think part of this week was, okay, there's a lot of new guys, a lot of guys that we haven't mm-hmm. seen play a lot, right? Maybe we've seen on a scout team, but we haven't seen them play with our first-team offense. And I think that's what the last three days have been about. You know, Scott Petrak, the thing that comes to mind for me is the fact that when these guys do get signed, if they do come in off a practice squad, I want to see if there's any experience there because we know that on a 53-man roster you can only, you know, carry a certain number of offensive linemen onto your active roster. When they do bring these guys in and you're, oh, here's a practice squad player from the 49ers, is there experience on the guy that got just got elevated to our 53-man roster? Well, I mean, it depends on the guys. Like Christian yeah. was a third-round pick in 2018 with Washington. Okay. And I believe Bill Callahan was there when Washington drafted him. Good. He started 16 games. He's played 46, I think, 49, something like that. Right, so that's he has experience, which is why I think they're going to lean toward going with him on Sunday. Leroy Watson, the fourth, does not have any experience. He hasn't played one snap in the NFL. So you saw him in college. You probably saw him in the preseason, and you say, "Okay, we like the upside of this guy. Let's go get him off the 49ers practice squad. We might have an opening at tackle." But there's a leap from that to, yeah, go start against the Ravens in noisy M&T Bank Stadium and try to block Jadavion Clowney and Kyle Van Oy for 75 steps. Scott Petrak is our guest. Follow him on a daily basis, at Scott Petrak on Twitter. Uh, read his stuff on a daily basis as well, brownzone.com, Medina Gazette, Illyrio Chronicle Telegram. Scotty, uh, what's your gut telling you for this weekend uh, in Baltimore before we let you go? Yeah, I don't want to hedge it too much, Kenny, but early in the week I did my podcast. I was feeling good about the Browns' chances to pull off an upset. Part of that is it's tough to win five in a row in this league unless you're, like, a dominant team. And maybe Baltimore is. But teams have letdowns. They play the Bengals on Thursday night coming up. Maybe there's a little bit of look ahead. Um, So I could see Baltimore not playing its best game. And can the Browns capitalize? Um, I'm worried, you know, from a Browns perspective, I'd be worried about that tackle situation. I don't know if they can overcome that. But I think I'm going to stick with my original pick and go the Browns defense plays great. I think the Browns defense gets a touchdown, and they pull a shocker and win 2019. Wow, Scotty. Why not? Going out hey, on the on the a limb right there. It's the like NFL, it. man, right? Anything can happen. Yeah, and I think the Browns are, like, I think the Browns are good. <laughs> like, I, I do. Now, they got some issues and they got some injuries, but that happens in this league. You can overcome that for a game, right, with the right plan if stuff happens the right way. So, I mean, I think it should be the six or six-and-a-half spread that it is. Um I just think there is a chance for the Browns. Now, I say that knowing full well the tackle situation could sabotage everything. 
Yeah, and that's what scares the bejesus out of me with a, a team leading 35 sacks what about this, uh, though, in fellas? the NFL. What about what? this, though? What, what if the tackle situation is actually better? You talked about uh-huh. experience, and we're looking at a Dewan Jones who wasn't expected to start this season, but he gets thrown into that situation because you lose Jack Conklin. You talk about Jed Wills every week, Kenny, and how much yeah. you don't like him, and he's a revolving door at left tackle. What if these tackles ball out on Sunday? Uh-huh. We'll see. Yeah, I right? mean, yeah, that's a possibility, and I'm sure there's people that think like that, JT. I'm telling you, and I've said it every week we talk about it, Jed Wills plays better than people think he does. I have a hard time believing there's not a drop-off. And I still think Jack Conklin would probably be better than Dewan Jones. But even if that's not the case, and they found this diamond in the rough, and Dewan Jones has played well, especially as a pass protector. Mm -hmm. It's just it's hard when you're down to four and five on your depth chart. It's just hard. I lied. One more question, Scotty, because I found this on Pro Football Focus. Do you agree with what they said that Miles Garrett has graded out as the highest player, not on the Browns, just on the Browns, but the yeah. highest graded player in the entire NFL this season? Is he playing that well? Yeah, I mean, I don't obviously watch everybody with the same focus that I watch Miles Garrett, so I can't compare him to everyone in the league. But I'll tell you what, he's playing as well as he ever has. And I've seen, you know, I've, I've watched every snap he's ever played. And I usually, when I rewatch the game, I watch, I focus on him. One of the replays I watch, like every snap, he's playing incredibly hard at incredibly high level. Even, I mean, he's got eight and a half sacks, or nine and a half sacks, which is whatever, second or third in the league. And he's created a ton of opportunities for the rest of the guys up front. Like, or Davin Thomason had two and a half sacks last week. A lot of, or not a lot, but at least one or two of those was Miles Garrett yeah. coming off the edge, forcing the quarterback right up the middle. So I think he is playing as well as anybody in the league, and I think he deserves all the credit because he's taken some criticism, and maybe some of it is deserved it up at some point in his career. I don't think it is this year. I think he's playing that well. Scotty, we appreciate the time. Keep up the fantastic work, brownzone.com. We'll talk again next week. Safe travels, all right? Thanks, fellas.